wanna live for thee. Yeah. <laughs> 
cooking and then they'll sit back and they'll say let it simmer a minute <laughs> that's what we're doing right now let it simmer a minute let it let it <laughs> let it let it simmer a minute uh, while it simmers you It'll come back to you how good God has been all the week long. How he's kept you all week long. Let it, let it simmer a minute. Could have been dead and in your grave. Let it simmer a minute. He held your tongue one more time. Let, let it simmer. <laughs> My, 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 my. 
God, my God, my God. Uh, the book, the book of Numbers. The book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 7. reading from the English Standard Version, Numbers chapter 7, beginning with verse 1. And these are the words you'll find. On the day when Moses had finished setting up the tabernacle and had anointed and consecrated it, with all its furnishings and had anointed and consecrated the altar with all of its utensils. <clears throat> the chiefs of Israel, heads of the father's houses, who were the chiefs of the tribes, who were over those who were listed, approached and brought their offering before the Lord six wagons, 12 oxen, a wagon for every two of the chiefs, and for each one an ox. They brought them before the tabernacle. Then the Lord said to Moses, accept these from them that they may be used in the service of the tent of the meeting and give them to the Levites, to each man according to his service. So Moses took the wagons and the oxen and gave them to the Levites, two wagons and four oxen he gave to the sons of Gershon according to their service. And four wagons and eight oxen he gave to the sons of Merari according to their service under the direction of Ithmar the son of Aaron the priest but to the sons of Kohath he gave none because they were charged with the service of the holy things that had to be carried on their shoulders amen I want to talk this morning from this subject. I want to talk about unequal burdens. Unequal. Unequal <clears throat> burdens. Have you ever wondered why it seems like some people get all of the breaks in life. You, 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 know, you know those folk, those folk who just seem like everything just comes easy to them. They don't seem to work nearly as hard as you do. 
but somehow it just looks like they flourish in everything they set out to do. On the other hand, on the other hand, if you sit down and really think about it, you, it goes through your mind. Yeah, I, I, you work hard every day. Sometimes on more than one job. And it seems like in spite of all you do, there's always some struggle. And in those cases, you find yourself wondering, will I ever catch a break? Will I ever have a break? When, when will it be my time to live large? When will it be my time, like, like those around me? When, when, will, when, will I, when will things turn around and start working in my favor? All of us have been there. We've all been there. We've all done that. And most of the time, children of God, we can just write it off. And the way we write it off is there ain't nothing but the devil. <laughs> making me feel like this. Ain't nothing but the devil. Making me sit around here. Man, ain't nothing but, 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 but the, the, the devil is always busy. The devil is using these tactics to try to discourage us and make us doubt God's love and doubt God's care. We find a way to spin it off. And most of the time, somehow, <clears throat> we're able to press on and keep moving because we have a firm belief that God is still in charge. I wonder if I got one witness in here. We can keep on going because we believe that God is still in charge. We believe down in our sanctified souls that God is going to work it out somehow. But what happens when God moves in such a way that it seems like he's the one that's not being fair? What happens when you're looking to the hills from whence coming your help. <laughs> and it seems like he ain't being fair. You, 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 you sort of expect mistreatment from the devil. You, you expect mistreatment from his imps. But how do you handle it when it seems like God is the one who's not doing the right thing? Are y'all hearing this? After all, <clears throat> when everything else and everybody else and everything else is going wrong, the thing that helps me endure is our confidence that God will make it right. Abraham said, God, one day, God, you know, God was getting ready to destroy two cities. And Abraham said, God, uh, it, it ain't like you. Are you going to destroy the righteous with the wicked? Abraham said, it looked like we, we ought to at least be able to count on you, God, to do the right thing. But I come to tell you this morning, God doesn't always deal in what's fair. God deals in what's right. Are y'all hearing somebody ought to say amen? I say, he doesn't always deal in what's fair. God deals in what's right. I, I come to tell you, the, yeah, you remember the parable in the vineyard 
when he sent the folk out to go to work. He didn't say, whatsoever is fair, I'll pay you. Mercy. He said, whatsoever is right, I will pay you. Even when God seems like he's being unfair, you can count on him to do what's right in accordance with his plan. And sometimes, my brothers and sisters, that plan puts us in strange places. A place like the songwriter that wrote, I try to do my best in service. I try to live the best I can. But even when I try to do the right thing, evil presses on every hand. I look up and I wonder why all good fortune seemed to pass me by. It just doesn't seem fair. Another songwriter said, tempted and tried. We're all made to wonder why it should be thus all the day long while there are others who live around us who are never molested, though they're in the wrong. God, it just doesn't seem fair. But as we look here at this text, we witness what seems to be a glaring example of God being unfair. As we approach chapter 7 of Numbers, we find the tabernacle is finished. God has established his house of worship and that, that house now has been finished. You study the tabernacle and you will find that the tabernacle was a, a huge structure with a whole lot of parts and a structure with a whole lot of intricate design. Amen. But you will also learn that the tabernacle was portable. It, it was built for travel. You remember, you remember the children of Israel as they traveled through the wilderness, they followed a cloud by day. And a pillar of fire by night. And so because they were a pilgrim, because they kept moving, they always had to be ready to move. So, although the tabernacle is finished, the tabernacle is designed in such a way that whenever the cloud moved, or whenever the pillar of fire moved, that tabernacle had to be taken down. It had to be taken down, loaded up, and moved to the next location and put back together again. Y'all follow me now. I'm going somewhere. So the job of taking down the tabernacle and moving the tabernacle and putting the tab tabernacle back up, whenever there was a need, there was only one tribe that could do that. That was the tribe of Levi. The priestly tribe. Are y'all hearing me? They were the tribe that was assigned to take all of the tabernacle stuff down and then move it and then put it back up whenever they got to the place. One tribe, the, the, the Levites. The law gave strict orders. The Levites and the Levites alone were charged with the service of the tabernacle. Amen, amen. No one except a Levite could even touch the things of the tabernacle. 
You remember one time when they were moving stuff and they had the Ark of the Covenant moving it along and somebody stumbled and one man thought that it was about to hit the ground and he reached out and touched it and died on the spot. Everybody came fool with, y'all hear me. So only the Levites, only the Levites were in charge of moving the things of the tabernacle. The name Levite stems from the name Levi, who's one of the 12 tribes. One of the 12 tribes was named for Levi. Both Moses and Aaron, religious leaders of Israel, both of them came from the tribe of Levi. It was these descendants. It was three of the descendants of Aaron that we are talking about here in the text. It was three of his descendants, Gashon, Marara, and Kohath, and their families who had the responsibility of everything that had to do with the tabernacle. Y'all stay with me. I'm going somewhere. So the tabernacle is finished. And it's time for the dedication ceremony. And during the celebration, all of the tribal heads got together and decided we want to give a gift to Moses, our leader. We want to give a gift yeah, to uh, make a special presentation. And they made a special presentation and offering to Moses. All right, all right. The gift that they brought was six wagons, 12 oxen. Six wagons and a team of oxen for each wagon. So here they are. They got some help now. We got some wagons. We got some oxen. So God spoke to Moses. <clears throat> said to Moses, you accept these offerings. And I, what I want you to do is give these to the Levites. Since they are the ones who got the responsibility of moving all this stuff. Are y'all following me? They're the ones with the responsibility of moving the tabernacle. Give it to the Levites since they have that responsibility. That was, and when you really look at it, it wasn't nothing but fair. They are the ones that got to do the work. They got, they, they got to move everything around. Give them the tools they need to work with. Give them the oxen and give them the wagons. But what didn't look fair was the way the gifts were distributed. According to the word, two wagons and four oxen he gave to the sons of Gershon. All right, all right. According to their service, they were carrying stuff of the tabernacle. They were carrying stuff. And then four wagons and eight oxen he gave to the sons of Marara according to their service. Now we got educators in here. You've been counting. That's all of them. That's it. That's, that's all of them. But here is where it, we get to. But to the sons of Kohath he gave none. Is that in your book? The sons of Kohath, he gave none. And it tells why. Because the service of the sanctuary belonging to them was that they should bear it on their shoulders. 
Just doesn't look right, does it? I wonder if there ain't anybody here in the sound of my voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hear me saying that, that here they are carrying this stuff on their shoulder. Is there anybody in the sound of my voice that say, I must be a descendant of Kohath? I must be, I must be one. You, you tell me, you, 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 there's somebody in the sound of my voice that feels like you're always the one that's left out. Always having to toil with your load by yourself while it seems like everybody else is getting all the breaks. Look at it, look at it. Gashan, Marari, and their descendants moving along with that stuff in wagons. But their brother Kohath and his descendants on the same job carrying the same heavy stuff. But they got to carry that stuff on their shoulders. Go ahead and say it. Go ahead. It's all right to feel that way. It ain't right. Ain't nothing wrong with you. It just ain't fair. It's not fair. It doesn't seem fair. Well, in my eyes and your eyes, it doesn't look fair. But here it is. It is fair if it's the will and the way of God. Let's examine the lesson. Let's examine the lesson. Let's look at the lesson, what, we, what we're going to learn here. Lesson one, we learn, it's a simple lesson, that God does not load us all alike. Go and accept that. Go and accept that. You ain't got to understand it. Just accept it. God does not load us all alike. You need to learn that. You need to accept that fact. It, it will bring your blood pressure down. It will reduce your anxiety if you will accept the fact that God does not load us all alike. See what we do? We spend all your time, we spend all time looking at everybody else's wagon. Looking at everybody else's load. Are y'all hearing me? And looking at the load everybody else got. Then we look at ours and we get madder and madder. And more depressed because it, because it looks like they got it better than you. Spend so much of your time looking at somebody else's wagon and comparing it to what you got. But what, what you've got to understand, God does not load us all alike. Your life is like a prescription. It's for you and you only. Are y'all hearing me? Your life is prescribed in accordance to what God has for you and where God is trying to get you. Are y'all hearing me? Yeah, and where God is trying to direct your life. You want to mess yourself up? Start taking somebody else's prescription. Yeah, you you want to make a mess out of yourself? You, you you take something that the doctor didn't prescribe for you that he it, it might have made them better, <laughs> but you be laying around looking at stars. You can't take stuff. That, that, so 
Stop worrying then about what others have or what others are doing. They're on a different assignment. Concentrate on your own course. And only God knows the plan he has. Y'all ain't hearing me. For you. God does not load us all alike. What God has for me is for me. Maybe I don't have your load because if I had it, I would fall and faint, faint under the pressure. Maybe you don't have my load because you wouldn't know what to do with it if you had it. God does not load us all alike. But no matter what your load, just know, here's your assurance right here, no matter what your load, just know first of all that God knows how to load you. And not only that, God knows what to load you with. And anybody feel like shouting, he knows just how much. Y'all ain't hearing me. He knows just how much we can bear. Look at the text again. And you see that the stuff that the children of Kohath were carrying was too precious to be carried on a wagon. Anybody want to shout? That's a good place. What they were carrying was too precious to be carried on a wagon. The children of Kohath were signed to carry the Ark of the Covenant. Large gold-plated box that was the centerpiece, centerpiece of the tabernacle. And inside that box were, were the tablets, the Ten Commandments, a pot of manna that God had provided in the wilderness, and, and, and Aaron's rod, all of that inside of this golden box. The top of the box is the mercy seat, flanked by two cherubim. Are y'all hearing me? That box is to place the seat of God, the mercy seat. When the, where the priest entered once a year and atoned for the center for the sins of the people I'm trying to tell you what they were carrying was precious too precious to be carried on a wagon text says verse 9 says that they were charged with carrying stuff that was too holy and precious to be thrown on a wagon It had to be carried by hand. And it was the assignment of the children of Kohath to carry it. Brothers and sisters, I've come to realize that there are some things in life that are just too precious to be handled by just anybody. And some things in life, they're too precious to be handled any kind of way by any. There's some things that are just too precious to be thrown on a, on a wagon. <laughs> Whether you think about it or not, but the truth of the matter is the message that we carry about God's love for mankind 
the message that we carry about the sacrifice that he made, uh, yeah, it's a precious message. And you need to know that anybody can't just carry this message. You hear me? This message is not to be picked up and just carried around by anyone. Let it be tainted. Message could be tainted, yeah, that, that has to be by somebody that ain't got nothing to do with God. See, we have to be care, careful about the message that we have been entrusted to carry. It can't be mixed. Are y'all hearing me? The, the message of God, the message that we carry, it can't be mixed with God's, gun, gun, God's guns and glory. Y'all ain't hearing this. This message that we carry, the message that we are entrusted to carry, it can't get caught up in the mega message. I'm trying to help somebody here. The message that we carry, yeah, it, it can't become politicized and only available to members of one political party. And let me be honest, let me be honest, the message we carry can't even be distorted by a movement like Black Lives Matter. No, the message we carry is too precious. For, are y'all hearing me? The message that you and I carry or have been entrusted with, yeah, it, it, can't be, it can't be distorted. It can't be carried by folk who haven't made up their minds. This is a message for somebody who has made up their minds, have such a determination that I ain't going to let nobody turn me around. This message is to be carried by folk who are determined to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. Folk who even in the darkest day, on their darkest day, is to be carried by folk who on the darkest day can still say above my head, I hear music in the air. There must be a God somewhere. Folk who can endure hardness. Folk who can even endure enslavement and still find the strength of saying, we've come this far by faith. Leaning on the Lord. Trusting in his holy word. It's never failed us yet. I tell you. This message is too precious to be thrown on a wagon. Next thing I want to point out is carrying your load on your shoulder ought to tell you something about yourself. It ought to tell you something about your strength. How strong do you have to be to carry on your shoulders what other folk are carrying in a wagon? <laughs> How strong? Are y'all hearing me? If you stop complaining long enough, you will come to realize that some way and somehow God is gracing you to keep on keeping on. You, you'll come to realize that through many dangers, toils and snares, I've already come. It was grace that brought us safe this far. And grace will lead us on. Oh, it's heavy, but somehow God is giving you the strength 
to bear your heavy load. Look at it and you will realize that because of the burden you are bearing, <laughs> so you have to look for this, carry heavy loads and carry something heavy long enough, you realize that bearing your load, while you're bearing your load, you're getting stronger every day. Why you think folk lift weights? Yeah, you bear your load, you're getting stronger every day. Don't you know that heavy burdens and trials come to make you strong? Be careful how you let folk talk to you. Don't let folk label you. Don't let folk label you. You're not where you are because you're slowful and lazy. You're just, you're where you are because you had to come without oxen. You had to come without a wagon. Are y'all hearing me? Oh, look at us, if you will. Look at us. We've come through weary years. We've come through silent tears. And we've worked for 400 years without a paycheck. We left the fields with nothing. But look at where God has brought us. Y'all ain't hearing me. Look at where God has brought us from. We are not lazy. We are not slowful. We are overcomers. We've come a long way. And we have come without oxen and wagons. But although we've come without oxen and we've come without wagons, we've got to admit that it ain't us. That's right. That's right. We got to admit that there's something within. within. I used to wonder about my grandmama. I used to wonder about those old folk, how they took so much, but I'm old enough now to realize they, there's something, something within. Some writer said it like this, there's something within me that holds the reins. Something within me that banishes pain. There's something within me I cannot explain. All I know is that there is something within. Let me ask you something. Have you that something? That burning desire? Have you that something that never shall die? Oh, if you have it, that heavenly fire, then let the world know that there's something within, something within me that makes me love my enemies, makes me love my friends. There's something within me that makes me laugh when I feel like crying. There's something on the inside. Y'all ain't hearing me. There's something on the inside that makes me feel rich when I ain't got to die. Something within me that makes other folks say that I'm acting strange. Something within me that makes me love to call God's name. I'm on my way to my seat now. But as I close, let me close by reminding us that we have a job to do. 
we have a message to carry. Oh, my brothers and my sisters, we need to understand that the message that we carry, yes, is too precious to be carried on a wagon. The message that we carry is a precious message. It's a delicate message and it's too valuable to be thrown around just any kind of way. I need to remind you that you and I, we have a story to tell. A message that will set the captive free. A message that will heal a sin-sick soul. A message that will change a man's direction. We have a message uh, that will save sinners, uh, reclaim backsliders, and encourage believers. We have a message, uh, yes, uh, of one who suffered, uh, bled, and died. Y'all ain't hearing me. We have a message uh, that will give eternal life. He died uh, on an old rugged cross. That's the message we carry. But the message that we carry uh, is that although he died, he ain't dead. Because early uh, Sunday morning, he got up uh, with all power in his hand. So I'm on my way to my seat, but lift up your head. We've come a long way. We've come a long way. Bearing our burdens in the heat of the day, knowing that the Lord will make a way. We've come a long way. We've come a long way. Yes. 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 I'm through now. Yeah. But I got to tell you one more thing yeah, about your heavy load. Yeah. And that is this. Yeah. The heavier your load, the easier it is to put it down. Yeah. Y'all ain't hearing me. I say the heavier your load, the sweeter your rest. And one of these days, one of these days, I'm going to lay my burdens down. Yeah. My foreparents said it like this. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Yeah. Since I laid my burden down, I feel better. So much better. Since I laid my burden down. Yes. Yes. By and by. When the morning comes, all the saints of God going on will tell the story how we overcome. We'll understand it better. We'll understand it better. Ah. Yeah. 
no greater invitation in the world than the invitation to carry the load of Christ. The Bible simply declares, if you believe in your heart that God raised Christ from the dead, you shall be saved. And if you confess, go ahead and stand at your feet. If you confess with your mouth, believe in your Lord. So this is your invitation. To bear the very load that you've been given. But understand that you're not carrying that load by yourself. Lord, we serve more of heavier load for Calvary's cross they nailed him to the cross he died a death that we couldn't die they laid his head in the locks of his shoulders died they laid him in a horror tomb stayed in that tomb early Sunday morning he got up to light the load come on give your life to Jesus Salem Missionary Baptist Church 
4700 Church Street, Lilburn, Georgia. Come on, come on. sitting here and uh, I, 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 this is not a show. This is, I, I want to make sure, see, I, 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 I know that when the music is going and we're jumping in, it's easy to just shout right on up out of here. I want to make sure that everybody in here, you're really thinking about what we're doing here. We're giving you the opportunity to turn it around, to make a decision that will turn life around for you. And I really can't afford for us to leave out of here jumping and happy and having a good time. Won't it be grand? It ain't going to be grand for everybody. I need to make sure that while in the stillness of the moment, you, you realize what's on the line here. We're talking about your very soul. And so... I, I just want everybody to bow your heads because I just got a feeling that somebody is already feeling bad and saying, you know what, I wish I should I should have moved. I should have I should have gone on. So I just want to give you that opportunity. I, if I can't get up here and do this, if I don't care for your soul, then I, I'm, I need to be out of a job. <laughs> this is about your soul. And so I want you to know it's not too late. You can still make that decision. Just get up. Just get up and come on. We ain't gonna, ain't a lot of fanfare. Just, just. I just want to get make sure that there's a need for a change. That you just get up and move right now. That you you come. Yeah, yeah. You don't you don't need to miss these opportunities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yellow, yellow, yellow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yellow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yes. Yeah. It's not too late, it's not too late, it's not too late. Can't find oh. <laughs> yeah, 
now let me say this. I'm, I'm going to sit down in a minute. But if you're sitting there right now saying, I wish he'd hurry up and sit down, that's because you know you need to be up here. <laughs> it's a very uncomfortable moment when you know that you need to be moving. And if you're irritated by what I'm doing right now, that's your indication that you, you probably need to be getting up. So if you I just want to make sure. I ain't doing my job if I don't make sure. It's not too late. Somebody ought to be moving. Come now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. somebody. I don't even have to call nobody up. I know exactly who this is. This is Reverend Yvonne Golden. Amen. Y'all bless the Lord. Amen. Amen. He already, so once you're a Salemite, you're always a Salemite. And we just thank God for him. He's coming home is what he's doing. He's coming right back home. And we thank God for you, brother. Glad to have you in the house. I came in time to see you already, already in the preacher's Sunday school class this morning. Amen. So, brother, welcome home. Welcome home. Uh, brother Harold, just take him upstairs. Reverend Brooks is upstairs. Just take him up there where he, where Reverend. Amen, amen. Y'all bless the Lord in this house. <laughs> bless you, man. Welcome home. Welcome home. Ah, yes, there's a storm out on the ocean, and it's moving this way. Oh, if your soul, come on here, think it in Jesus, you will surely drift away. But there's a storm out on life's ocean, and it's moving this way. If your soul's not anchored in Jesus, you will surely drift away. Oh, drift away. You will surely drift away. Your soul's not anchored in Jesus, you will
we are headed toward benediction, but before we move into our period of the Lord's Supper, we want to make sure that all of the educators who are here, as you leave today, just outside the doors, there will be a registration table, and we want to give a gift to all educators. Amen. 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 So amen. Give, amen. Give that to you on the way out, and want to make sure everybody knew that that our other Salem School member is actually watching from home. He sent a message to me. While we're sitting at CB Clark, say, Pastor Jay, I'm at home watching, so I am on. I am at church. All right. So we want to thank you. All right. CB Clark. Amen. We got you, bro. We got you. If officer would come now, we're going to move into our period of the Lord's Supper. Would ask our own Deacon Donald Graham if he would lead us to the throne of grace. our sins. We thank you, Lord, your word says we ask you faithful and just to forgive us for our unrighteousness. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to stand before this table. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we remember what Jesus did for us. We remember, God, that you thought so much of us, you loved us so much that you sent your son to die and free part of our sins. So, Father God, as we drink, of, as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we remember, God, we remember that the blood still works. And your blood still covers us day to day. So thank you, Lord Jesus. No matter what we're going through, the blood works. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I cry there to my heart was the blood
I just like to sing the whole thing. It soothes my, it soothes (laughs) my doubts. And it calms all of my fears. before he was betrayed Jesus took bread and after he had given thanks says this is my body take eat after which he took cup 
says this is the New Testament in my blood. Take and drink ye all of it. And as often as you do this, you do show the Lord's death until he comes. If there's ever been a statement that we need to shout about that, that's it right there. Until he comes, Jesus is coming back. And when he comes, my prayer is that he will find us in remembrance of all that he has done for us. May God bless you. May God keep you as our prayer. I'm going to ask now, I'm going to ask now that if we have members in our congregation who have joined our congregation, uh, we're still not where we were yet. We're not ready to start fully doing the fellowship time, but I I want you, if you have joined our church family within the last month, or if you have not received the right hand of fellowship, if you would just stand wherever you are. Amen. You all may be seated. Amen. Amen. If you would just stand wherever you are, if you just united, that's right. And if you just go to the closest aisle, just step out into the aisle. And I'm going to ask that the deacons on this side will extend the right hand of fellowship on this side. And the deacons on this side, if you'll extend the right hand of, we'll look like everybody's over here. So, amen, amen. So we're going to ask that the deacons will just extend the right hand of fellowship on behalf of all of us. Amen. You all just come to this side. What a fellowship. What a joy divinely near the everlasting. God bless you.
from whom all blessings flow. Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us now, henceforth, and forevermore. Let us all say. On Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal via the Givelify app by mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia 30048, or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or Mail-In 